What's up, Buttercup? Hey, thanks so much for joining me here today on The Shalene Show. We're going to get to some really good, juicy content that some of it, maybe you've seen, maybe you haven't, but there's some good documentaries out there. I think I've discovered a few that you probably haven't heard about, and like, there's some really good stuff to watch. Depending on when you're listening to this, I'm doing a walking challenge. Like, that's basically what it is. We're calling it an energy reset because ultimately that's what you're going to experience. But we're going to walk. And I know some of you are listening to this and you're like, it's snowing outside. What are you talking about? Yeah, you can walk on a treadmill. You can walk in place. You can walk up and down the stairs. You can put on your snow boots. You can put on your moon boots and go outside and walk. You can go to the YMCA and walk. You can walk. Girl, you can walk. And I'm going to keep you accountable for two weeks. This is kind of a cool thing. I think I invented it. I probably didn't because nothing's original. But every day for two weeks, we're going to walk. And I'm going to send you an email each day with a little thing to listen to while you're walking. Now, most of the time, the little thing you're going to be listening to is going to be recorded by either me or one of my girlfriends who's also an energy expert. These are all ladies who are wiser. They're all over 45. They all have incredible physiques and energy, the kind of energy that people say like, okay, how are you this high energy all the time. And we're going to share with you the science, the secrets, the practices that help you to have more energy. These aren't things you necessarily have to do, but you should know about them because they're free and they're natural. And if you want to do anything, let's face it, you need energy. It's kind of pointless to talk about going on a weight loss journey or a fitness kick or starting a business or even freaking decluttering the garage if you don't even have the energy to start. So let's change that. This is a low pressure, very fun, very doable experience. And the whole purpose is to just help you get your mojo back, to feel like yourself again. So you can get signed up right now by going to myselfagain.com. Again, it's totally free. You just give me your email address so I can send you the audios each day. You're going to love it. I think I know you're going to love it. Myselfagain.com. Okay, let's get to these must-watch documentaries. It's so hard for me to figure out like where to begin. You know how I do when I give you this list. I'm going to have something on there for everybody. And there is one series I'm going to share with you that I am almost willing to put out an audacious guarantee that every single person who watches this documentary series, number one, you're going to freaking love it. Number two, you're going to be in a better mood. Number three, like everyone in your family is going to love it. And I guarantee that. Because if there's someone who doesn't love this documentary series that I'm going to share with you in just a few minutes, they are the problem. And you need to separate yourself from that person. I know it's not you because, hello, you listen to The Shalene Show. Let's get to it. Stop wasting time, Shalene. Okay. First up is a freaking weird one. I talked about it in an email, so I apologize if you already heard me mention this one. Love has won. The Cult of Mother God. You know your girl loves a good cult docuseries. And this one is freaking so bizarre. So bizarre. Okay. I'm going to share with you what happens in the very first scene so that you can know if this is something you can stomach or not. And I don't feel like this is a spoiler alert because it literally happens in the first like four minutes of this whole series. There's like a body cam on a police officer and he's busting into a house that we later figure out is like the headquarters for this cult. Okay. And you know, so it's on a body cam and you can see him like kind of going room to room and it looks exactly like what you would picture. Like for sure, there's, you know, hippie things hanging on the walls and tapestry, strange lights and strange decor and drawings and cartoons and paraphernalia. It just, 
looks like something straight out of a 60s documentary, but it's not. This is something that happened, I believe, during COVID. Okay. So anyways, you see this his body cam footage and he's going through the house and then he goes into this bedroom where there's like all these like Christmas lights up on the walls. And again, it's very like decorated like a hippie lives there. And then you see the corpse, this dead body who's wrapped in beautiful blankets and also wrapped in Christmas lights and has glitter all over their decomposing face. And you're like, what in holy hell is this? Okay, that's the very first scene. The rest of the documentary follows how it was this woman who is, you know, the corpse in this first image. Her name is Amy Carlson. She eventually goes by Mother God. And the rest of the documentary series kind of follows how it is she went from living this like very normal life with seemingly very normal parents and siblings and then just decides she wants to be a cult leader. She basically meets some people through the magic of the internet and she starts live streaming these sessions and she figures out that she's quite captivating and she's captivating a certain type of audience. We know that certain type of audience because this certain type of audience falls for all the cult leaders right? So you see her rise through the eyes of her followers because obviously she's passed, but there's a lot, a ton of video footage of her because she was always going live and she filmed everything. So you get a real feel for how things escalated, not only with her health, but just the group in general. Like she, wow, this one is so weird and so wild. And you're going to see the people who are members of her cult and you're going to go, how? How did that very normal, very articulate, very smart, skilled, attractive person fall for this bizarre craziness? How are they calling this woman Mother God? It's so out there that you're going to be watching it with your mouth hanging open. And it's a great appetite suppressant because like, the fact that they keep her corpse around for so long is you're not going to want to eat lunch afterwards, or maybe even dinner. That one is on HBO. Okay, next up is one that, oh, wow. This one was, it's beautifully filmed. It's called The Deepest Breath, and it's on Netflix. All right, so let's chat about this one. So in this documentary, it follows the wild world of free diving. And I don't know about you, but Whenever I'm watching like David Blaine or anyone doing free diving, which is where you're, you know, holding your breath and going to these incredible depths on one breath, I always find myself holding my breath to see like how long could I last. And I'm usually like 14 seconds. Like the whole thing gives me anxiety. But it is so beautifully filmed. And the storytelling is really intriguing. Like I'm just going to tell you this, what you think is going to happen most of this documentary isn't what ends up happening. Okay, but it gives you like a backstage pass into what it's like for people who are in this free diving culture. So you just try to picture yourself diving deep, deep, deep into a dark black abyss, the ocean, holding your breath, going to such depths that like the pressure for any one of us, like our ears would explode. Okay, the story follows this beautiful girl by the name of Alicia and she, from a very young age, and they've got so much early footage of her as a child, knew she wanted to be a freediver. That in and of itself is like really fascinating. And she was inspired by this woman named, I think it's Natalia, Natalia Molkanova. 
And she was a free diver who vanished doing a free dive. And it was Alicia's goal to basically accomplish everything that Natalia had done, including the one dive where she disappeared. So you see Alicia struggling to kind of keep her mental status together. First of all, they follow the whole journey of her growing up, finally becoming of age where she can compete in these competitions because like there's an age thing or whatever. But meanwhile, they're also telling the story of this guy named Steven. And he's this like free-spirited, really charismatic, globe-trotting guy whose, you know, dad is kind of chiming in in the documentary too, talking about how like he was just hoping that his son would eventually figure out his purpose, like figure out his thing because he just kind of jumped from one thing to the next. Well, anyways, Stephen eventually becomes Alicia's coach. When they're doing these free dives, you have to have what are called uh, safety divers. And the safety divers are the people who make sure that as the free divers coming back up from the deepest depth, that if something goes wrong, if they start to pass out or whatever, they bring them up to the surface. Anyways, the story follows their love affair and their record-breaking triumphs together. And it's like, (laughs) I looked at my Aura Ring score, which tracks your stress. And the most stressful point of my day was watching this film because you feel like you're underwater with them. It's crazy. Visually, this documentary is stunning. You feel like you're in the ocean with them. It's also in many parts very calming and also thrilling. I love this one because the whole family can watch it. I love this one because it's a roller coaster of emotions and it's a beautiful look at a unique sport and a unique type of individual who wants to do these kinds of things. Okay, so let's talk about deodorant for a second. You know that I had been on the hunt, thank you for your suggestions, for a deodorant that was baking soda-free, didn't have any parabens, had no aluminum, because, you know, hashtag we're all trying to get rid of the toxins. Many of you had suggested Lumi. I tried it. I love it. And now they are a show sponsor. Lumi is different because it's a whole body deodorant. And they've got a stick and they also have like a cream tube deodorant, okay? So here's the deal. This stuff is so safe. You can put it friggin' anywhere on your body. You can put it in your under boobs, on your belly button, on your booty crack, on your vajayjay, on your feet, like anywhere where you're like, okay, we just need to control some odor. That's... Lumi. Lumi will take care of that for you. It's a first of its kind. It's been clinically proven to block odor all day and control it for up to 72 hours. I love that it was created by an OBGYN who experienced firsthand that BO is normal. It was just being misdiagnosed and mistreated. So if you've been looking for something that is aluminum-free, like I said, you want something that's a little safer to use anywhere on your body, may I suggest you the Lumi Starter Pack. It's perfect for new customers because then you'll get like the solid stick plus the cream tube deodorant, which is kind of nice, like if you're going to put on your feet or wherever. They'll also give you two free products of your choice, like their little mini body wash and the deodorant wipes, which are also really nice. And because you're a listener of The Shaleen Show, new customers get $5 off their Lumi starter pack with code Shaleen. So go to lumideodorant.com. That will give you, are you ready for this? 40% off your starter pack. Check it out. I think you're going to love it. Next up, okay, the title of this documentary kind of cracks me up. It's on A&E. And it's called Casey Anthony's Parents, The Lie Detector Test. That is literally the title of the documentary. If that is not the most SEO titled I've ever heard, like Casey Anthony's Parents, The Lie Detector Test. Like that's what you would type in on Google to get the results. Well, you don't have to. You can just watch this documentary. 
All right, so this is an intense special. Her parents, Casey Anthony, if you recall, she is the one who was accused of killing her child, Kaylee Anthony. And this is a show, again, that aired on A&E and on Lifetime. But let me tell you, it, this is also a really interesting emotional roller coaster. Imagine. I mean, so the show dives into the, the tragic story of Kaylee Anthony, the child. But this time, it's not about Kaylee. And it's not even about their daughter, Casey, so much as it's really about Casey's parents, George and Cindy. They would be the grandparents to Kaylee. And they're older now than you remember, right? Because how many years ago was this? So we tune in and they kind of remind you of your aunt and uncle who are that age, who've been married forever. And you're like, do they really like each other? Do they? I know they love each other, but do they like each other? You, you get that feeling. The original story happened back in 2008. So, you know, it's been 25 plus years and, and they've aged and they've been through a freaking lot. Now, Cindy the grandma, the mom, she's really up front that she wants the two of them to take this polygraph test. They both want to take this polygraph test. Number one, they want to clear their names. And the person who has thrashed their names is their own daughter. And of course, you know, their daughter has made all these crazy allegations against them, including allegations of sexual abuse against Casey and sexual abuse against Kaylee. I mean, just outrageous allegations about your own father. And the media has picked up on that. It's just destroyed their reputations, destroyed their lives. And it's had a terrible impact on their relationship. But they've stayed together. Cindy Anthony says in this documentary that she knows or believes that her daughter fully knows what happened to Kaylee. And she has always hoped that Casey, her own daughter, would just like open up and come clean. And you, you can just see this mother, Cindy, breaking down and having panic attacks. Like there's this one part where the two of them are sitting down for an interview and Cindy gets like really antsy, ornery, kind of snippy with the producer who's setting up the shot. And, you know, I've heard other people talk about how like, you know, that was just so uncool. But I'm like, can you imagine, though, really, if, if you're the kind of person who has been through all of this, and what she was getting snippy about is like she was trying to make sure that the way George was sitting was flattering, and she felt like the producer wasn't listening to her, and she kind of like got hot and left the room. And I thought, good for her. Like literally, her whole life, for the last 25 years, they have been featured in a horrible light and they have been railroaded and they have had no control over their Im- and so I'm like good for her like I get it I totally got it I, I didn't have any problem with that whatsoever anyways so they both take this lie detector test and they are one is watching the other take the test in real life so that really adds to the drama and you're like sitting right there with them it's interesting because it also gives you a very insider's look at what a lie detector test is actually like. And here's the thing, this special isn't just about the specifics of the case. It's really, in my opinion, like this is a story about what happens when families divide, not over a situation. I mean, I know this is very unusual, but there's a lot of people out there listening who are estranged from their children or whose own children have said horrible things about them or whose own parents have said horrible things about their children. So 
in some ways, it's really about family dynamics and how people cope with just unimaginable situations. You know, you look back at these photos when they were a happy, beautiful family, and it's just such a sad commentary. Anyways, in the end, you'll get the polygraph results. My true crime fans will love that. If you are a true crime fan, you've already watched, I'm sure. If not, like, what are you waiting for? American Nightmare. Like, this one is straight out of a thriller movie. This one's also on Netflix. And you just start it off right in the middle of this incredibly mysterious 2015 kidnapping of this woman named Denise Huskins. So at the time, Denise, I forget how old she was. She's young. I I feel like she's in her early 20s. And she's living with her boyfriend, Aaron Quinn. And they both worked at like a, I think like a physical therapist's office or something. So what's interesting is Aaron, who's the boyfriend, his ex-fiance also works at the same place. Okay. And we learn because Denise gets kidnapped in the middle of the night and Aaron calls the police the next morning. Now you're thinking, wait, why did he call the next morning? Well, yeah, we're all thinking that, right? And he says, well, I called the next morning because, and he tells this crazy elaborate story about how he was forced to drink NyQuil and he had to put on these like weird swim goggles and they put headphones on him that played wind chimes and they took his blood pressure and shot lasers into his eyes. And you're like, what? Huh? And so you're watching this and you're like, oh, for sh- come on now. This is so outlandish. Like, why is he telling such a tall tale? This is so bizarre, right? But he's in there telling the police the story. And right away, what does any good police officer do? You always suspect the the husband or the wife of the person who's missing, right? So of course, they suspect this guy is involved, right? They like make up their mind immediately that, okay, it's him. And you as a viewer also do, right? So what he tells them, his own admission is that in the weeks before Denise was abducted, the two of them had a major fight. And I, I can't remember if they broke up or whatever, but there was like a major fight over the fact that Aaron was talking to his ex-fiance who worked at the same place. And his ex-fiance, she's also going to be in the documentary, she left him. He, she's an ex because she had cheated on him. But apparently... Denise, the victim of this kidnapping, is like, what are you doing? Like, she finds text messages between Aaron and his ex. And she, she's like, this is an emotional affair. Like, you know, you, you, even you just talking to her, like, you're cheating on me. And so they have this big blow up. And Aaron tells the police about this. And he's like, but, you know, I committed to go to therapy. I love her. I committed to her. We worked it out. Like, I had nothing to do with this, right? Well, the police, the FBI, everybody thinks that he has done something with his girlfriend. And then a couple days later, Denise, the girlfriend that gets kidnapped, she just suddenly shows up in another city and like walks up to her parents' house and just like walks in the door, okay? So then the police, they accuse her of doing a Gone Girl. Do you remember the movie Gone Girl with Ben Affleck? I did not see it, but... I do remember like the theme of it was this girl was wanting to take revenge on her boyfriend. So she faked her own death slash disappearance. And so people were like, oh, it's, you know, she was angry with her boyfriend over this cheating allegation. And so she did a gone girl. Okay. And they stop investigating it. 
But then you see them interrogating. First of all, you won't believe what happened to her during the kidnapping and that she's alive. And you follow their, uh, I almost want to say battle. Like this series is done so well. I know I've said that already about a couple of these, but like this one, you're just questioning everything. And each new episode, you're like, what? No way. Until this female detective, it's always a female detective. Why are we the voice of common sense? Why are we the ones who have to say to the old boys network, like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, hello, why are we not looking at this? Why are we ignoring this? So this female detective steps in and she connects all these other crimes and they do I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but it's got a lot of twists and turns. And I'm going to tell you this. We need to talk about this one after you watch it. Because I, I haven't heard anyone else mention this other than my friends who have seen it. I'm like, they still have a lot of things to solve here. And maybe they have and they didn't talk about it, but we need to talk about it. So please watch and then let's comment below if you've already seen it or once you do. Comment below like all of the unanswered questions you have after watching it. Next up is Bad Surgeon, Love Under the Knife. This is Netflix. You know your girl couldn't miss this one. I mean, we're not even going to go into why, but like I saw the title and I'm like, oh my God, who is this about? It was not about who I thought it was. It was about a doctor by the name of Paolo Maccarini. Now he was a renowned, highly respected surgeon. This is a true story. He became very famous because he had developed this revolutionary stem cell infused plastic trachea implant. So the story goes, or what he believed or was telling everyone he had created was he had created a basic, a plastic trachea. And when he doused it, or, or what do you call it, basted it basically in stem cells, the stem cells would infuse into the plastic and create like human tissue. Hmm. Okay. And so he starts implanting these tracheas in patients decades, well, pr probably like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, okay? And there are these documentaries that are being made about him. There's tons of international press coverage about this incredibly charismatic, attractive, courageous medical pioneer, okay? Now, here's where it gets crazy. Each one of these stories, like imagine 60 Minutes, I can see 60 Minutes doing a story on this, right? And so these major news outlets will, will do a documentary series on them and they follow this, you know, there's not very many people that have gone through the surgery. I think like seven or eight people. And every time they do one of these stories, you know, they want it to be like a happy ending, like, oh my gosh, look at what's possible. Look at the patient, they're alive afterwards. Look, they can talk, they can breathe, wow, right? And then usually, almost every time after they would finish filming the documentary and they were just about to go to air, they would learn that the patient had taken a turn for the worse and had passed. Well, kind of the underlying, I think, crime in this video is all of the media people, all of the producers and directors and outlets who didn't want to destroy the happy ending. So they never told the public about the fact that these patients or the patient that they were following had died. But all of the patients die on after the surgery. But nobody really knows that because everyone's kind of covering it up, right? So, but people know that this 
doesn't look good. And they leave it out of the documentaries. And I think part of the other reason why they leave it out of like the press coverage and nobody, nobody's calling him on this is because we have this belief in society that surgeons are gods. Like, how could you question any part of something someone's doing that looks like at face value, they're trying to help humankind? How dare you blemish that person's work, right? So, yeah, you know, and, and also, isn't there just an assumption maybe that when we're trying to make medical advances that things aren't going to be perfect, that, you know, early transplant patients often didn't make it? I don't know. All I do know is that this guy looks like George Clooney, kind of, and he's got this prestigious reputation. He's screaming narcissism in my mind. He's very charismatic, even with the victims, with the, the people who died, the victims' family members. It's crazy the power he has over them. Like he, one of, I, I'm not going to give it away. I'm not going to give it away. But you're, you're going to trip out at some of the things he does with the former victims' family members, okay? The whole series is narrated by his ex-fiance. So you've got Macarini, who's like, you know, rubbing shoulders with celebrities and flying all around the country and having all these women like fall in love with them. And, you know, everybody is thinking that he's just basically God. They've got these news outlets doing stories on him. And just when you think it couldn't get like more twisted, and you're trying to put all the pieces together, you realize that there's also this love entanglement where Macarini meets and romances this journalist. I think her name's Benita. She's an NBC journalist. She is assigned to his story, right? And as she's producing the story on him, she's just blinded by how much she's in love with him and he's romancing her and you just like, you're almost happy for her and then it all begins to unravel. And the true heroes in this story are these two fellow doctors, two colleagues that worked at the research center, I think in Germany. I'm going to, I forget the name of it. doesn't matter. But these research doctors and colleagues were like, wait a second, did he ever do animal trials? And they're like, they did all the research. And they're like, he never did animal trials. And they, they start doing more and more research. And then they start realizing all the victims and they start realizing what's happening. And they start realizing firsthand what he's doing knowingly. So they go to the authorities thinking that like, you know, they're going to be pat on the back and this guy's going to be put in his place. Uh uh. Nope. They get reprimanded. They get fired. They get uh, ostracized. They, you know, lose their careers. Their lives take these horrible turns because they were just like trying to do the right thing. And eventually the authorities do figure out what was going on. It's pretty shocking. It's really a sobering look at how we just so blindly place trust in people who are in power, you know, especially renowned surgeons, like without a second thought. Sound familiar? It, it just really leaves you questioning or it, in some cases, in my case, it's like, yeah, that, that explains a lot of this, like this whole blind faith that we place sometimes in people of authority. Anyways, Under the Knife is definitely worth the watch. It's a three-part series packed in over just about two and a half hours. It was one of those documentaries where I stayed home and made sure I watched the whole thing because it was so good.
Do you know that nearly 50% of people in the United States have inadequate levels of magnesium? Completely deficient. And it's not just because of our dietary choices. Like you can be eating a very healthy diet that you think has everything you need to produce enough magnesium. But for some people, it's genetic. For some of us, it is the way that we eat and the way that we live and and how we exercise. But again, almost 50% of people are deficient in magnesium. And if you are a woman, especially important that you get a quality magnesium supplement. Because if you don't, I mean, when you're deficient in magnesium... It's associated with osteoporosis, mood swings, nerve malfunctioning, hormone dysregulation. There's so many things that having the right level of magnesium in your body actually helps to alleviate a lot of these symptoms, including a lot of the symptoms of menopause, even hot flashes and night sweats. I know a lot of you have been talking about getting your hormones tested, which I think is a great idea, but why not also consider doing a supplement that you're likely deficient in any ways that's going to improve all of these areas Plus, it can probably help you sleep. And you don't even have to research the best company out there because I already did that for you. So when you go to buyoptimizers.com forward slash Shaleen, don't forget to use code Shaleen and you're going to get 10% off with that code. Again, it is buyoptimizers.com forward slash Shaleen. The link is in our show notes. Don't forget to use code Shaleen for your 10% off. This might just be the solution you've been looking for. Okay, now we're going to move on to one that trigger warning does discuss a lot of sexual abuse and mind control. In my mind, this is a lot of what happens in cults. It's called the secrets of polygamy. In the secrets of polygamy, this one, by the way, you can see on A&E. It delves into the, and I know you've probably seen, like you've like, oh, Warren, Jess, I've already seen all that. This one, it's different. It's different. It's kind of a little different angle on it. And it explores the polygamous groups and explores how the power that Warren Jeff still holds is in some circles intensifying again. I mean, he's currently serving a life prison for his crimes, but he's still operating or his operatives are still like they, they have their tentacles in these people that they have just total control over. And, and it shaped these communities where abuse and incest and fraud have become so common. Like there's this one scene where this 12-year-old girl is, okay, so I'm not gonna give the whole thing away, but there's these group of parents who in order to get back in the good graces of quote the church, have been asked to bring their children back into the fold so that their children can be married to other polygamists. So there's this scene where this 12-year-old girl, like you don't see the girl, but you hear them talking about this case. This 12-year-old girl gets taken to basically marry her 50-year-old uncle. She's 12, and she escapes to a neighbor's house, and the neighbors, who are not part of this organization, contact the authorities, and the authorities won't do anything. They claim they can't do anything because she's not in, quote, eminent danger. Like this, nothing has happened to her yet. What the? It's pretty messed up. So, you know, you got to be in the right kind of mood to watch that. But it's, that's a wild one. Okay, another wild one. For those of you who feel like you just don't know anything about world politics, that would be me. And I admit that I, I, I cannot watch the news. I can't. I really try not to look at politics or world events. And you can call me any name you want and say that that's really stupid. You have your head in the sand. 
how I choose to live my life. But this one blew my mind. Okay, so imagine a country where just one of the things you have to do is collect your family's feces year round. Like you're not, you're not allowed to flush. This is a law. And if you don't follow this law, you go to jail, okay? You have to collect your family's feces year round. You, you can't have a, a, you know, a, a flushable toilet. No, it's, it's an outhouse even though like you've got the internet. And you have to collect your family's feces. And then you have to lay them out and you have to dry them. And you have to do this every single week, all year long, because kind of like a tax, by basically March of each year, you have, have to, you are required by the government to bring them your family's dried feces so that they can distribute them to farmers. And if you don't meet your quota, which is estimated to be somewhere over 650 pounds of dried family feces per household, then you will be, you could go to jail. What country could I possibly be talking about? North Korea. The audacious atrocities that people have to endure who live in North Korea. I mean, I've heard rumors. I have listened to a couple episodes about North Korea on other podcasts. When I hear these stories, I'm like, this can't be real, right? Like, how doesn't the rest of the world just like all get together and go like, excuse me, you, you, can't, you can't treat people like this. These are humans. These are human rights violations. And like the whole feces thing, but like that's almost the least of what they have to endure. It's insane. For example, the government conducts random inspections on people's homes to ensure that they have framed photos of the nation's leaders on the best wall in the house and they do a dust test to see if there's any dust on the photo, on the portrait. If there's any dust, severe punishment. And they're indoctrinated in their schools. I had no idea that they indoctrinate their children to believe the most horrific thing about Americans. There's severe food shortages. I'm sure almost everyone knows that they're like completely restricted from any outside information. And it's just extreme propaganda. It's like, it's like a movie. I mean, it, this is a documentary, but like you'll be watching it. I think I forgot to mention where you could watch it. Okay, you can watch it on Apple TV. You can watch it on Amazon Video, Google Play. You can even watch it on YouTube. So, you know, it's one of those where you probably have to pay just for the episode or whatever. I watched it on a flight and I just could not believe it. Anyways, it's a real life thriller because you're kind of following this family as they're trying to make this daring escape from North Korea. And you get to know the people who are trying to get them out of the country. And it's like seriously high stakes. Like one of the women that they follow, she had escaped. I can't remember when or how, but she escaped and had to leave her son. And she knew if she tried to take her son, like she, neither of them would live. She knew she had to first get out herself and then try to get her teenage son out of North Korea. So in this documentary, you're following her and you're experiencing the real life tension as she's dealing with trying to get her son and trying to secure his escape. And he gets captured and you're hearing her hear the news. It's just, oh, it's heart wrenching. It's heart wrenching. And now I'm like, obsessed with everything North Korea and I probably need to worry about my life I don't know but like I'm just 
I guess I should put my head out of the sand because I'm sure these horrible things are happening in other places around the world. And it's just so much. You know what I mean? Like it's just to think about the torture and the starvation and the the risks and what these people have to endure, the labor camps, the beatings, the public executions. You're like, these people are Nazis. It's insane. Okay, I know that was super heavy and... If you're like, okay, now I need a major palate cleanse. I've got a couple of those coming for you, but I've got one more gnarly one. So if, if you need a palate cleanse, if you're like, no, I just need something that's just going to, I can listen to it and it just keeps me brain dead. I don't even want to watch anything. I would highly recommend a series I'm doing on Patreon right now. I'm doing a deep dive into the rise and ruin of Rachel and Dave Hollis. Now, if you know who I'm talking about, then I don't have to explain this is not a takedown. This is not me picking them apart or judge. I'm really telling a background story from my own perspective, having been in the same industry, served with a lot of the same influencers. And it's kind of a little more of a add-on commentary to the episode Brett and I did a couple weeks ago where we talked about influencers and grifters and people who are phony and people who are real and people who are scammers and people who are actually authentic. And and their story is one I think that says a lot more about us as a society and the way we revere and treat some of these influencers like they're infallible, like like they're gods, like they are gurus. And I think I think that's the problem. But it is a deep dive, and we start all the way back at the beginning. I share some things that I think probably other people wouldn't know because of the position that I've been in and some of the experiences I've had. So if you want to check that out, here's the deal. Patreon gives you seven days for free. So if you're going to join Patreon, join at the highest level. Like join at the 25 – there's a $5 level, and you get all of this on the $5 level. But I'm just saying – if you're going to do seven days for free, you should join at the $25 level, I would think, because then you get like all the all the things, plus I'm doing a party this week. Okay, so check that out. It's a link at the top of our show notes. Just go to the patreon.com forward slash the Shaleen show. And if you enjoy a juicy deep dive multi-series docu-series type podcast episode, I think you'll really enjoy that. All right, let's get to the next one. It's also pretty heavy. So this one is called Hell Camp. Teen Nightmare. And this is a documentary that takes a deep dive into those outdoor, like wayward teen, like rehab facilities. I'm sure you probably know someone who's had to send their kid to one of those, or maybe you've seen one of those episodes on Dr. Phil where they send a kid away to one of these, like, you know, nature camps. This one follows a series of camps that were established by a guy named Steve Carasano. He's like an ex military guy and you know, I, re I remember seeing him on all of the shows. Like, I totally remember this guy's face. And he was the person who had this, like, militant way of dealing with no-nonsense troubled teens. Like, I know you saw him on the news back then. And he had this way of, you know, this tough love approach that he believed people had to take to save their kids' lives. Like, if you know, you're dealing with a kid who's going to end up dead or overdosing, and you're a parent who's like, what can we do? Like, what can we do? I don't want to send them to jail, but like, how do we protect our child? The, a lot of these parents thought that this was their only life-saving measure and like also thought it was pretty harmless. Like, I'm sending my kid to basically a nature camp. 
and they, you know, can help them avoid delinquency and, you know, learn to survive and appreciate what life has to offer and we get them away from all their bad influences. Like you can see how a lot of parents, I've, I've got more than a couple of friends who've had to send their kids to a place like this and they weren't all bad. Uh, I can think of at least one that wasn't great, but in this story, you find out that for many of these kids, the experience was very traumatic. It involved extreme physical, mental abuse, and in some cases, sexual abuse. I mean, one is one too many. And they, they did mention a few. I think the overriding theme, though, was that these kids, the, the parents had no idea what was happening to their kids. Because when you send your kid to a place like this, they're not allowed to contact their parents. That's like part of the protocol, right? So the parents have no idea that they are paying a freaking fortune for their children to basically be starved and turned into forced labor. This documentary is pretty interesting because it's also narrated by Carasano's family, like his daughter, his son, and his wife, his ex-wife, she's beautiful by the way, and get this, both of his kids eventually get sent to these camps. Well, you know, at one point he gets completely banned from running these kinds of programs in Utah. And then somebody comes to him and is like, hey, we've got a great offer for you. How, how about you set up something like that for us over here in the Caribbean? So they set up something very similar in the Caribbean. You know, it's a money grab for him. And then a kid dies in 2019. The film also features testimonies from former attendees, very interesting, footage from the camps, interviews with people who were involved in the cases. It also includes an appearance from Paris Hilton, whose parents sent her to a place like that because she was like sneaking out late at night. I mean, crazy. And she's become an advocate for survivors of these camps. In essence, Hell Camp, Teen Nightmare, is it's a pretty startling exploration of the, the way that parents who are so desperate to help their children can be completely taken advantage of. And in the process, their own children end up getting abused and they pay insane amounts of money where they're having to like mortgage their homes. It's sad. It's eye-opening. These types of places, they do exist today. Hopefully there's far more regulation around them. And, and hopefully if you're in a situation where you've considered them that uh, watching a program like this really kind of opens up your eyes so you know what to look for. Okay, finally, we're there. Let's talk about some happy things, shall we? Okay, so this is the happiest one of all. If somebody watches this and they don't love it, like I said, you're just, you're an evil human being. You have to be because this is the most beautifully crafted series I've ever seen in my entire life. It's called Love on the Spectrum, season two. This is season two, the US version, okay? Because there's a couple different versions from different countries. This season features a mix of some new faces and some returning characters if you watched season one, which I hope you did. And you follow them as they embark on this journey to fall in love. And the show is just, it's beautiful, it's vibrant. It shows incredible parenting. Like this is such a great, I think, representation of the diversity of the spectrum. Like the neurodivergent spectrum is so broad, right? Like so there's just varying levels of this. And I think it's important for the public to see 
how normal things can be and how what's possible and the variation and how much success people who are on the spectrum can have and what special gifts they bring and what joy they can bring. Like this series just really does a great job, I think, of shining a light on this community and and it shares like an intimate look at the family dynamic, the joys, the growth, and how at our core, all of us want somebody who loves us, who loves us unconditionally, you know? I really cannot wait to hear what you think of it. I am obsessed with Danny. Girl knows what she wants. She can sniff out BS from a mile away. She knows how to mix a cocktail. She knows how to work her curves. Like she is gorgeous. I freaking love her. She's an award-winning filmmaker too. Like, oh my gosh, you guys are going to love, 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 love Dan. I'm in love with Danny. I'm in love with like all of them. But like literally every single person on this show I want to be friends with. I can't wait to hear what you think. I can't wait to hear who your favorite couple is. So it's not just about finding love. It's You're also getting a lot of a look at what dating is like for basically everybody. It's self-discovery, it's it's personal development, it's really touching moments in this. You're, ju- you're just gonna be like, oh my God, they are so, so, like the love is so innocent and pure and adorable and you just are rooting for all of them. My only criticism I would say of the show is not really of the show, it's really of a few cast members that they left out of this season and they're cast members from the previous season who, frankly, they're on the spectrum, but they're almost, how do I say this? I, I don't know if this is politically incorrect, but they didn't present as being far enough on the spectrum. Like you just really couldn't tell that they're on the spectrum. And I, I assume that producers were like, it's just not that interesting. But unfortunately, I think by leaving those individuals out of this season, it, I don't know, it kind of adds to the stereotype. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's very happy. It's very enlightening. It's the human experience. It's going to make you hug your kids. And as a parent, you're going to watch this when some of these people fall in love and you're just, you're going to feel what those parents feel. You just know, like you just want your kids to be happy. We all just want our kids to be happy. I've said this before, like, and it's not my quote, somebody else said it, but you are only ever as happy as your least happy child. And as much as I wish that wasn't true, it's true. And so you can just see how happy the parents are in this series. Don't forget, you want to do this walking challenge with me, right? So go to myselfagain.com, get yourself signed up. I will also mention for those of you who are like, how am I going to walk right now? It's snowing. Seriously, Shaleen, moon boots aside, I can't go walking outside. You might think about investing in a treadmill, a walking treadmill. Like there are walking treadmills that slide under your bed. They slide under your desk. And you're not like jogging and also working at your desk. Trust me, these walking treadmills, I'm on a TikTok thread right now where like it is person after person after person after person who's lost like 50 pounds, 75 pounds, 100 pounds. And all they did was put a walking treadmill under their desk. So just by eliminating the fact that they were sitting all day made a huge difference. Didn't have to go on a diet, didn't have to change anything. Like just changing that one thing, it's so much better for your body to not be inactive. I'm not telling you you need to go buy a treadmill. And you certainly don't have to buy anything for this challenge. You just need a good pair of walking shoes. I'm just putting it out there because 
I do hear from you all the time, Shalene, how am I going to become more active when I have to be at a desk all day? Or it's really cold and snowy and I'm stuck in my house. So you have options and $300 is a lot less than some of the alternatives out there, right? And you're going to look and feel better. Anyways, I hope that's helpful. I would just love to have you on this challenge and hear your feedback on it. Also, as always, I want to hear your feedback about this episode. You know, we're just about to start February. You know, you know what that means, right? That means Mr. and Mrs. Johnson are about to celebrate birthdays. We are four days apart. My birthday is on February 2nd. If you're just dying to know what you could get me, my love language is words of affirmation. So all I ask for every year at my birthday is I would love for you to just write a review for the podcast. Even if you've written one before, please write a new one. Tell me what your favorite episode has been recently and what you loved about it. And please, please, please do not forget to include your Instagram handle. Because a lot of times you're the handle that you're using on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever, like that handle is different than your Instagram handle. So put your Instagram handle on there too because we love surprising people who leave reviews for us with some swag and I like to say thank you and I like to read those. So that's all I ask for for my birthday. If you've got a, a minute to do that, I would seriously be very, very appreciative. I love you. I mean it. I'll talk to you soon.